Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English. Learn to speak English like a native author, father of the Effortless English system that trains you, teaches you, 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 you speak English confidently, powerfully. You speak English fluently. When you join, when you commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com, go there, join my VIP program, commit, don't quit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Business English course is ready. We've got the discount codes are ready to go soon. So you need to be on my email list. I will be sending out those. Going to wait another week or two. I think VIP members will get the first email. So VIP members especially watch your email. You will be getting a little promo code. Business English teaches you, of course, idioms and slang and business vocabulary. More importantly, teaches you how to make your career better, how to do a great job search, how to have a great resume, make a great resume, how to get job interviews. In the job interview, how to do well, answer the questions well, and get job offers. After you get the job offer, how do you do well at your job and be successful in your job? Get promotions, get more money, get better jobs, move to better and better positions over, you know, your whole career, your whole working life. That is what this whole course is about. It's called Business English Conversations. It's called that because it's based on conversations about these topics between myself and my father. So it's my father and I talking about these topics, and then teaching you individually, each of us teaching you in lessons, how to succeed in these various ways. It's called Business English Conversations. It's also at EffortlessEnglishClub.com, EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Today's topic is aging. I'll do something a little different today. Aging. I'm talking about this because a few reasons I want to talk about aging. You know, aging means getting older, getting older, right? Aging. The process, the process of getting older. So one second, I'm just moving some things on my computer screen for this software I'm using. Okay, there we go. This topic has come up for a couple reasons. Number one, in Brave New World, we saw that this uh, idea, this uh, tactic, this strategy, of the world controllers and their strategy was to eliminate most aging of course people still died in brave new world but they tried to take away anything that seemed unpleasant because remember pleasure pleasure was the main way of control the way the means the strategy of controlling people and so they wanted to make even aging pleasurable and the idea was that in Brave New World that as people got older, they would still act like children emotionally. You know, mentally, you know, intellectually, they would be adults. So they could, you know, they could do math. They could think uh, logically. They could do jobs, you know, function as adults. But emotionally, emotionally, they would still be children, still constantly chasing pleasure, still wanting to be cool and be like everybody else, still wanting just to have fun, have fun, have fun all the time, still unable to control their emotions, unable to deal with difficult emotions, strong emotions, still just buying stuff all the time, easy to control, right? Emotionally still like children. And of course, this is the world we live in now because this is exactly the message we have now, which you will see in the you know main big media culture now, 
is that we see this, uh, I'd say it really started with my parents' generation, the what are called the baby boomers in America, where they never grew up emotionally. They continue to act like little spoiled kids, even now they're in their 70s, and so many of them, not all of them, but many of them still emotionally are children. And along with this idea in the media has come this mentality that aging is bad oh aging's bad oh you know it's all this youth worship we call it right worshiping youth that somehow being 18 or 19 or 20 is the best time in your life and that that being young is the greatest thing ever and oh that's the most fun part of life and oh it's so great to be young and oh if people get older oh my god it's so terrible which is uh it's stupid, it's childish, and it's wrong. And it goes against tradition. It goes against all the human experience and human wisdom and human teaching of thousands and thousands of years. This is only something very new. Now, of course, you know, if you, you can read Shakespeare, you can read the Roman um, writers and philosophers and the ancient Greeks. And, of course, there is an appreciation for youth. Youth has its good points. You know, physically, we can't be at our peak, of, of course, you know, our physical bodies are typically the strongest and most energetic when we're young, in those teenage years to maybe mid-twenties. So there is a kind of a physical peak there of physical energy. However, there are also a great many weaknesses <laughs> and a great many difficulties and problems with youth. And anybody who's older knows this. And, you know, the lack of emotional control is very common in young people. The lack of real life experience is in young people. This means that young people are, are probably the easiest to fool. They're the easiest to trick. They're the easiest to lie to because they just believe whatever they're told, you know, in schools. Not all, but many do. And this is why, like in Animal Farm, we saw Napoleon, he focused on the children. And we saw this in Brave New World. They want to get to the children early because then they are the most easy, right? the easiest to control because they have no life experience. They don't know and they'll just believe what you tell them, especially if you, you repeat it a lot. So uh, there are all kinds of other problems with being young, you know, lack of social skills, lack of confidence, no, um, really no real life skills, certainly not in for work. Uh, so there are many, 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 many problems being young. <laughs> and if you're young, you know this, you know, they, I, I can think back, you know, when I was young, it was not all wonderful. In fact, my life now is much, 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 much better. But yet, what we have, what we find in the culture, in movies, in TV, and, and in much of our culture, we have this mentality of youth is the best. And you'll just see this where you have people in their 30s and in their 40s and in their 50s and more and more and more still trying to act like teenagers. And this overall attitude that, oh my God, those were the great days. Those were the wonderful days when I was young. And... Uh, and the opposite, this message that, oh, when you're middle-aged or when you're older, that it's just such a sad time, it's so terrible. Which is all wrong. Or at least it doesn't have to be true. It doesn't have to be true. And we're going to talk about how this uh, is wrong. It's wrong from the traditional view, again, if you look at human history, that and the writings of uh, philosophers and teachers and just, you know, intelligent people. We know that, you know, traditionally, human societies understood, they understood that every, you could call it, period in your life has its importance. It, each one is important, right? Children, childhood is a good time, and it's important. And we need children, of course. <laughs> And then that youth, you know, teenagers, 20s, that also has its good points and its weak points. And then again, middle age, or just let's say adulthood, like 30s, 40s, that also, again, it has its strong points and its good points, and it has its challenges too. And then middle age, you know, 40s, you know, 50s, 60s, and then, you know, older age, senior years. And health, healthy societies in the past valued all these different lifetime 
periods and recognize that each one had something to add, had something to give to society, right? And, you know, for example, the oldest people would be the most wise if they lived well, if they were intelligent and they lived well, they would have the most life experience. They had seen the most. So they would typically be the advisors and the wise, the wise leaders of the society. You know, especially the ones to give advice, especially in hard times. And then, you know, the, the, the middle-aged ones typically would be the, the main leaders of the society. They would have a lot of life experience, but still a good amount of physical energy, too. So, they would typically be the leaders. And then, you know, again, the, the kind of middle adults, the 30s, those people had, were tasked typically when you would work the hardest and build your skills and really become successful in different areas of life and contribute a lot. And youth, of course, has energy and enthusiasm. But we've become so unbalanced now that, you know, like sometimes occasionally in the comments, uh, because I leave, I've got some old videos. You know, my videos go back uh, 13 or 14 years. So some people will see the videos of mine from 14 years ago and they see them now. Oh, my God, AJ, you're getting older. And it's always so funny. It has to be a young person who writes this because uh, only a young person could be this kind of foolish <laughs> about aging. <laughs> because, of course, my... My kind of uh, little joke is I always say, well, yeah, you're also getting older. Because, of course, we're all getting older. Every year, you get one year older. When someone's 15 and they become 16, they don't think about it. They somehow think they're not aging. They somehow think they're not getting older because they still feel young. But, of course, they are also aging. They just got a year older also. Guess what? If you're 17, you're still going to age. Every year, you'll get older, okay? <laughs> you're going to die or you're going to get older. You're going to die young or you'll become older. These are the two choices you have, all of us, okay? So this, this, this idea of freaking out about getting older, that someone's getting older. Oh my God, they're getting older. Oh my God, I'm getting older. It's such a foolish and ridiculous attitude. It's very negative. Uh, Negative mostly to yourself, because what you're doing is you're teaching yourself. You're telling yourself, oh, getting older is something bad. Getting older is scary. And you're putting this idea into your brain. Even if you're noticing someone else, you're still putting it into your brain. So that then when you become older, then suddenly you're going to have the same negative ideas. And you're going to think, oh my God, this means that my life can't be as good. I'll tell you, you know, there's nothing more sad. There's... there. Well, I won't say that, <laughs> but it is a very sad situation, a very sad situation to meet an older person, any age, any age, who always talks about the past. They're always talking about when they were younger. They're always focused on, oh, when I was younger, I was so strong. When I was younger, I was so great. When I was younger, everything was wonderful. It's pathetic. It's sad. It's terrible. It means they're not living now. It means they live their life badly. If your best time was 20 years ago, you're doing something wrong right now. You're doing something really wrong. Probably you have been doing something wrong for 20 years. Okay? Life should be better when you're 40, not worse. Life should be better when you're 60, not worse. If your best time in life was 20 years old or 18 or 22, that is sad. That is sad, sad, sad. It means you really made bad choices. And you're still alive, so it's not too late. So make a change now, okay? Stop looking at the past. Stop looking to the past, okay? It's gone. It's done. So let's talk about how to do it, okay? Let's talk about on the positive side. How do you do this? How do you age well? How do you make sure that as your life gets goes forward, you're getting older, that it actually gets better? That you're happier, that you overall have a higher quality of life, not lower. Because we must admit, of course, the one thing that is the best when we're young is the physical part. Of course, right? You know, you're gonna, your skin will look the nicest when you're 20-something probably, or, or, you know, 18. Okay, yes. And, you know, your, 
in general, your physical abilities of, you know, endurance and strength, your potential at least, will be best around your, you know, around that time, around 20 or something, something like that. In general. However, all the other areas of life should get better, <laughs> okay? And even the physical part as you get older, Okay, maybe you will not be your very, very, very best when you're 60, but you can still be, you know, very good physically. You can still have good strength, good endurance, good overall health when you're 60 or 70 or 80. We've seen this like with Jack LaLanne and uh, Paul Bragg and others that it's possible to still have a very good quality of life physically, even when you're getting quite old. Of course, eventually you're going to die, but before that, you don't have to become fat and weak and horrible for, you know, half your life. A lot of people do that, and this is one reason that their quality of life is so terrible when they get older. You know, again, I can look at the United States, and you can see, you know, people by the time they're 40, let's say 40, 45, they are in terrible shape physically. You know, they, they have diabetes, they're very fat, they have other you know, health problems, a lot of them. They have different pains, pains in their knees, pains in their neck, pains in their back. They have low energy. They feel terrible. So, yeah, of course, they think, oh, when I was 20, everything was great. Now I feel terrible. Of course. But that's not because they're older. It's because they have abused their body. They have ignored health. They have ignored fitness. You don't have to be that way. You know, I'm 51. I'm not fat. I don't have diabetes. I don't have any major pains. And it's not, it's not necessary. It's not necessary at all. So what can you do for physical part? The physical part is very simple. I'm going to give you some of the advice my grandmother, 100 years old, told me. Her number one advice is stay active. Stay active. Keep moving. Keep moving. She's 100 years old. She still does an exercise class and a dance class. 100. 100. She does an exercise. She attends, goes to an exercise class. Now, of course, it's very slow. Okay. It's not like something that you might do when you're 20, okay? But still, she's going and she's moving and she's doing some kind of dance and she's doing some kind of exercise class. And she's 100. Okay, so and I I have asked her, what's the secret, Grandma? What? How do you stay, you know, how do you live to be 100 and you're still, you know, you're mentally, you're clear and you're still, she can still walk around, just not in a wheelchair, and she said, that's her number one advice is stay active, stay active, stay active, keep moving your body. And that's good advice. So continue exercising. The number one, the second thing I would say is fasting. Okay, fasting is a big one. This is one I just started more recently, but it, it is really fantastic. Fasting will prevent you from becoming fat. You won't become fat when you get older if you fast regularly. And of course, number three is eat well. Okay, avoid the sugary junk. Don't eat the sugary junk. Don't become a diabetic, okay? Take care of yourself. We all basically know what to do, so do it. Okay, so that's number one. You've got to take care of yourself physically as you get older. Number two, and really the big advantages of getting older, the really big advantages where you will be much happier and much better as you get older, much better than a young person, are in the areas of... Mental, emotional, and spiritual. These three areas typically should improve as you get older. They should get better and better and better and better. So, mentally, number one, just learning. Become a lifelong learner. Okay? Young people now are brainwashed from school and they're actually full of lots of lies and stupid information and useless information and all kinds of terrible programming. So they're, they're starting off quite badly and they have to undo a lot of that. They have to unlearn all of that. So as you get older, as an adult, you have a great advantage. You can start your real education. Your real education you can start and you do this by mostly by reading, reading, reading. Read widely, meaning read a lot of different topics and read deeply, meaning choose some topics and read a lot of books about the same topic. As I've always recommended, read older books. 
in general, read older books. And as you do this, year by year, month by month, year by year, decade by decade, you will get smarter and smarter. You will become a better educated person on many different topics. Okay, there's no way a young person can do that because of time. Okay, when you're 40, you should be much better educated than when you were 20. You had 20 years to learn. You have 20 more years of learning. Now, what's sad is most people don't use it. Most people just watch TV and movies and they're lazy. They don't like to read. So most people, they leave college, they leave university, and they kind of stop learning. They learn a few little things for their job, but overall, they don't continue to learn about history or philosophy or science or mathematics or language or anything. Most people. Now, you, you're learning language. You know, I know you all are independent learners, and that's great. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. You know, a positive example, someone like Steve Kaufman over there at Linguist, uh, the Linguist blog, he's, you know, 73. He's learning three languages right now, three new ones. He says he knows about 20 languages, and he's learning Arabic, Persian, and Turkish at the same time. All three, right? And of course, he knows more languages now than 20 years ago. He knows more languages now than 40 years ago. Of course, he has 40 extra years to learn. So he knows a lot more. He's continued to learn and learn and learn and grow and grow and grow. So you can do this in all different areas of life and you can really become a very knowledgeable person this way as you get older. A young person simply can't do it. They don't have enough time. Number two, spiritually, um, you should also improve your faith, your feeling of having a purpose in life, your feeling of having a meaningful life. These should all get stronger and stronger as you get older. Again, how do you do it? Number one, you think about it. You think about these topics year after year. These are big topics, okay? When someone who's 19... um, thinks they have solved the meaning of life. They think they know, they have answered, oh yeah, there's no God, I know definitely. And they think they have all these answers. They're idiots, okay? They're idiots because these questions are very big. For thousands and thousands of years, the most intelligent humans in, you know, ever in history have thought about these topics deeply. So until you start reading their writings and really thinking about these things very deeply and meditating and praying and whatever, all these other things, you cannot answer these questions for yourself. So you, these are things you have to think about for years and years and decades and decades. Number one, think about them, read about them, and also, of course, through direct experience of meditation and prayer and your own life experiences. But as you do this, little by little, you know, you're going to develop that feeling of purpose and meaning. You have to ask the questions, though. What is life? What is death? Where does life come from? Where does everything come from? Where did it all come from? Why is there something you know, why is there something? And why not, why not nothing? Why are we alive? Why is anything here at all? What is the purpose of my life? What is the purpose of life in general? I'm not going to tell you the answer, but you've got to, again, you know, philosophers, the ancient Greeks, the ancient Romans, the, you know, it doesn't matter. Persians, Indians, Chinese, on and on and on. They've all thought about these. So, Again, as you get older, read more and more and more of these ancient old, old books and think about it and pray and meditate. And it doesn't, you know, I'm not telling you there is one right answer, but you will, in general, if you think about these things, don't ignore them. Don't avoid these topics. Instead, when you really think about them and focus on them for years and years and years, you do start to find answers for yourself. And this gives you a stronger feeling of confidence, of faith, less fear and a stronger feeling of purpose in your life. Another tremendous, amazing benefit of getting older. More practically, and just more of the, again, the regular world, is just life experience. So on one hand, you know, I I mentioned knowledge, so reading, reading, reading a lot 
over years to educate yourself. But along with this, we can't just do book knowledge. Book knowledge is not enough. We have to combine that with life experience, street knowledge, right? Some people call it street smarts, but getting out into the real world, real life skills. Again, this is something that should get better and better and better as you get older. Why? Because you have more time. You have more time. Therefore, you can learn more skills. You have more time to improve the skills you already have. So you should get better and better and better and better as you get older. And you should have more and more and more different kinds of skills. And keep pushing yourself. Again, people who age badly, they don't do this. People who age badly, they just do the same boring thing every day, every week, every year. They don't push themselves to learn new skills. They don't push themselves to do uncomfortable unknown strange things they don't go travel to unknown places and therefore they become kind of closed and closed and closed and closed and that is aging badly and that's not good because you will be less happy but when you do the opposite you keep pushing keep pushing yourself outside that comfort zone then your 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 comfort zone grows bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger through your whole life, your life experience gets bigger and bigger. You begin to just understand things better and better and better. You grow more confident in more areas. Your skills, even something basic like your career or your job, you become better and better at it because you're constantly pushing yourself to get better, to improve. And all this kind of leads to wisdom, right? Which is that kind of deeper understanding based on experience. And this, again, makes your life quality so much better as you get older. Now, a big one I talked about yesterday is family and children. Again, this is something young people don't have. They have parents. Hopefully, they have brothers and sisters and cousins. And if you're lucky, you have a nice, strong family from the beginning. <laughs> you're born into a strong, close family. That's what we all would love to have. But... Sometimes you're not. Some people are not. But you can create one yourself. Even if you don't have a close relationship with your parents or brothers or sisters, you can still create your own by having your own children. You can have your own children and you can create a very strong family with your husband or wife and your own children. And this again, as they grow up and they get older and then, you know, hopefully you live long enough, then you have grandchildren and this gives an amazing quality to your life as you get older, where you have now your children, your adult children, and then your grandchildren, and you have this whole big group, this large extended family, we might call it a clan, uh, that will give you such love and connection and meaning in your life as you get older. I've seen this with my own mom, my mom. So she had... Uh, uh, kind of a tough time in her middle age. But now she has all these grandchildren and she's so happy. You know, she's this has given her so much happiness and meaning in her life. My sister has five children and they live very close to my mom. So my mom is doing stuff with those children, her grandchildren all the time. And now she has, you know, out we have two babies now. She's coming to Japan. She's going to stay here for a while. So she has seven grandchildren now. And this has given her so much happiness and meaning in her life. And this is something, again, you can look forward to when you're 18 or 15. You're not going to have that. But when you are... 40, 50, 60, 70, it's one of the great rewards of being older. And finally, I mentioned travel. I'll mention it again because travel, I think, is a kind of special and unique and powerful um, way of learning that really widens our minds. You know, again, sometimes people say stuck in the one little area. And in the past, it was harder to travel. But nowadays, it's so easy that you can just grow your mind, expand your mind. So instead of getting older and your mind getting smaller and smaller and your perspective and your view getting smaller, it gets wider and wider. You begin to see more and more of the world and understand more things. And it makes you more a more creative person, a more open person, a more flexible person. So travel's fantastic. Travel's really, really great. So I recommend travel. And of course, you're learning English. And so travel is a great way to use your English. And English is the most useful language for travel. So there you go. There's a whole lot of reasons why 
Number one, aging is fantastic and can be much, much better. And really, your life should your your life should get happier and better and higher quality in general as you get older. Yes, you'll have some challenges as you get older, physically maybe, but overall, in general, it should get better and better if you do it well. And these are many of the ways you can age well, do it in a good way. So don't worship youth. It's fine when you're young. Enjoy it, of course. Okay, yeah. Of course, when you're young, enjoy it. It's fun. It has its good points, but certainly don't worship it. Don't hold on to it because it also has its bad points <laughs> and you can hold on to it anyway. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. You're going against nature and uh, biology. It can't be done. So you've got to take this traditional view where you recognize that every stage of life has its purpose and its challenges and its benefits all right let's get into some comments and questions hmm Nama says, as you get older, you get more experience. You understand life better and your own faults. I wonder why people don't want to get older. Well, a few things. They're afraid. Number one, there's a lot of brainwashing, brave new world brainwashing, propaganda about, oh, getting old is bad and scary. It's not cool. Oh. You know, so there's a lot of that. You know, all the culture, all the music and TV and movies and everything tries to make youth look great and older look bad. That, there's, that's one point. Point number two, people fear death. It's understandable. It's natural to fear, fear death, of course. This is one reason we have to get into philosophy and religion. We got to think about this. You're not going to solve that fear in just a few years. That takes some time. Um, I think those are the big ones. And number three, I think people fear the physical problems. You know, because again, they, they look around and they see most people who are 50 or 60 or older are fat and unhealthy and all these problems and they fear that. And you should fear that, but that's the result of really bad habits. Okay. Yeah, well, this is a good point about Nasser. It says, if you learn how to discipline yourself from a young age, chances are you'll become wise. What's your opinion about that age? Yes, very good. And this is one of the challenges of youth, traditionally, was to develop that self-discipline. Because without training, without teaching, without effort, young people, this is one of their weaknesses. They have a lot of energy and enthusiasm, but they can lack discipline. They just want to, oh, I just want to do anything I want. You know, we can see this with small children is most obvious, right? They just want what they want. They want it right now. They don't have any self-discipline at all. And if they're not taught, if they're not trained, that attitude can continue even as teenagers, even in their 20s, where they still have no self-discipline. They're just, uh, I want it, I want it, I want it, you know. And then that leads to aging badly. It does. It leads to bad decisions. But uh, the smarter young people start to develop that self-discipline. You know, they, they develop it. If someone doesn't teach it, then they have to do it themselves. You know, like I had to do, do it myself. No one taught it to me, really. So I had to figure it out. It, was, it took a while. But yes, self-discipline will help. You have to have self-discipline. We all realize this. To do anything in life, you really need some self-discipline. Emmanuel says, I got a question. I used to be so sad when I was at school. Now I feel much better because I'm an autodidactic. Autodidactic means a self-learner, self-teacher. 
Do you recommend that I impart my positive experience to my mates? Yeah, you know, tell them. Don't push it too much, but you certainly can share your enthusiasm for independent learning. Mm, Anish has a nice way of saying this. Our physical body is aging, but our emotional mind, our mentality, never ages. Most people give good nutrition to the physical body, but they don't give good nutrition, meditation, to their emotional mind. Good point. That's right. We have to feed, you know, just as, you know, we all know physically we have to have uh, good nutrition and good activities to keep our bodies healthy, but we have to do this for our minds and our emotions too. That's a good way to think of it. Yeah, well, exactly. Motion says, in the past, Iranians used the word, used the phrase, white beard, to describe a wise and experienced man and to consult him about their problems. Now they don't use this word. Maybe it's because most men don't have beards anymore. <laughs> Maybe. But there's also this kind of thing where, uh, again, like we saw, it really started with the TV generation and the Brave New World brainwashing that started then and has continued, that this idea of, see, they want to destroy this, they want to destroy your connection to that old wisdom. Because the old people remember what it used to be like. They can remember before Brave New World. They don't want you to value them, right? They want you just to, uh, everything new, new, every, it, only new things are good. But we all know this is wrong. New music is garbage. New art is garbage ugly new architecture is ugly most things new suck <laughs> okay that's the truth <laughs> that's just the hard truth man uh, and that's even my generation you know even when I was a kid it was already not so good um, and it just gets worse and worse and worse so we should you know value those older people especially the old people who aged well who continued to learn who have some wisdom so yes I agree Yeah, so see, here's an example of someone getting better. I used to be fat, says Monaga Wish. When I was younger, I was fat. Now I'm a wonderful mom with two children in fantastic shape. It was my first goal and I achieved it. See? Yeah, now see, this is a good point about the physical. Because I said that, you know, maybe our potential. Yeah, generally, we all kind of understand that our physical potential is probably best when we are, let's, again, like teenagers or something, 20s. However, that's only potential because sometimes we don't use the potential when we're young. Like I was, I was weak when I was young, very weak. I'm not super strong now, but I'm actually stronger now at 51 than when I was 21. I mean, I just know I can lift heavier weights Right, just just I can measure it. I know how much I could do a bench press when I was twenty, and now I can bench press more, a lot more. Not really, not a huge amount more, but definitely more. Pull ups, like when I was in twenty, maybe I could do three pull ups, you know, something like that. Now I can do fourteen. So, you know, some things have improved. Probably running. I mean, if I did a marathon now, if I trained hard. It probably, it might be a little slower than when I was younger. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. The point is, though, that we can still do very well, even physically. Even physically, we can do good enough.
Yeah, like Hussein says, and Hussein's kind of pointing again, pointing out the problem that, or the fact, (laughs) the, the necessity of we have to do, we have to have what we might call knowledge, you know, like book knowledge, thinking knowledge, and experience. We need them both to get wiser and better as we get older in general. So, Hussein says, some people read a lot, but they don't apply what they read in their real life. What is the main problem with this habit? Well, that's exactly right. So, that's it's not enough, right? It's not enough to just read. You have to take those ideas and try to use them in the real world. And likewise, likewise, you go out in the world, you have experiences, things happen. Sometimes... They're, you're confused by them. And sometimes then you go and you read some great writer, some good book, and the book gives you more ideas, more meaning about your experience. So you understand your experience better. You learn from it better. So they can help each other. So that's the ideal way to do it is to do both. That You have to have the real world experience of pushing yourself out to the world to get real skills, street smarts, right? And then at the same time, kind of like uh, knowledge, mental knowledge, and using them together. So you don't want to do just one. Just one is not enough. Obra says, I love independent learning. I hate classes, schools. I love study for myself. I love doing my exercise at home. I love pushing myself. It is my life. Excellent. I'm glad I found you, AJ, because you teach me. Thank you, Obra. I'm the same. I'm the same way. I just I just can't do schools anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. So boring. Yeah, and like Pablo says, it's never too late. We can start where we are and start aging gracefully. Thanks for your ment- mentoring. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Exactly. You can start now even. Even let's say you're uh, 70 right now and you're listening to this. You're 70 and you're fat and you're lazy and you're weak and you're, you feel like you haven't learned anything and all these things. Life sucks. <laughs> it's not too late. You're still alive, okay? So just start doing all these things. Start reading old books. Start meditating. Start exercising. Eat better. Fast. You're learning English. If you're watching this, that's great. Start doing all this stuff. In one year, in two years, your whole feeling about life will be different. So it doesn't matter. You can be 70. You can be 70. You can be 80 right now listening to this. Still, it's not too late. You're still alive. You're still alive. So do it. Do it. You're going to live those that time anyway. You might as well enjoy it. Okay, a couple more and then it's time for me to go. Yeah, now Carol makes an excellent point. And this is the traditional teaching. Uh, You know, again, of all of human societies throughout all of history that we know has this idea that Carol has has written. Here's Carol's uh, comment. The thing I appreciate most is the fact, in the fact of aging, is the contribution part. Because you have all this life experience and knowledge, you can share them with younger people, give them advice and guide them. Yes. Now see, that is the traditional way which the society has broken, right? Brave New World trying to break this connection between older and younger people. What they call the generation gap. You know, they taught... Especially my parents' generation, they taught them, you know, don't trust your parents, don't like your parents. You know, and they, they rebelled against their parents, not just when they were teenagers, but for their whole lives they've done it. And they rejected all the traditional wisdom, and that, that has caused a huge amount of destruction and problems and created Brave New World. You know, because now they try to fill young people with the idea that they don't need advice. I, am, I don't need advice. I know everything. I'm 18. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And at the same time, it's made older people not want to deal with younger people. Ah, I don't want to deal with them. They're, they're annoying. Right? So you have this division, this divide. So now the young people have no one to guide them. And so who, who do they get guidance from? Where do they look? Media. TV, movies, other kids. 
And this is how they get into all kinds of stupid stuff. So that's that's the sad part. And But the traditional way is that a young person, and not, not only young people, but really all of us, right? Because see, even me, like I'm, so I'm 51, but I can still get guidance from my grandmother who's 100. She's lived 50, well, 49 more years than I have, right? So you know, there are still others with greater experience than I have, and I can still get some guidance from them. And then, of course, I will try to do the same for younger people as well. And even younger people, someone who's a teenager, okay, maybe we say, ah, they're only a teenager. But an 18-year-old, again, someone who say, let's say 16, 16 years old, who can they help? They can help children, like their younger brothers, their younger sisters, their younger cousins who are 10, 12, 8, 7. You know, a 16-year-old brother or sister, they're really big and they're like the heroes. They can be like the hero for those little children. And that's kind of like, the, again, a natural and positive role. It's a good thing for a teenager to be that kind of hero for their younger brothers or sisters or cousins or whatever, younger kids. Because they do. They, have, they can help them also because they're ahead of them, right? They're eight, nine, ten years ahead, and they can also provide that guidance. So this is the healthy idea that those above that are older can always be giving some guidance, some help to the ones who are younger. And it goes all the way down to even very young children. That's the healthy way. And of course, it goes up too, because the young people also give support and energy and help to the older ones. It's not just one way. It's not just only one way. Younger people can help their, you know, kids can help their parents in many different ways. So that's the healthy way. They don't show this in the media very much, but it is the way we should do it. It's the traditional way, the good way. Yeah, like Al says, Colonel Sanders was 60 years old when he started his business. He started Kentucky Fried Chicken, the big chicken business, and he was 60 when he started. There you go. Okay, so I'm going to end with this one. Namaz says, Teenagers, the teenage years are really tough. Can be. You don't know how to react to any situation. You have unbelievable feelings and reactions. Uh, I'm in that period, so I can say it. Yeah, I remember it. But you know, you know why it's tough? It's, this is, it's an unnatural situation with teenagers. This is a modern, brave new world nonsense situation for teenagers. Okay? You know why teenagers are so bored? I remember still. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> okay? You know why they're bored? Because their life sucks, man. It sucks. They're 16. They're very intelligent. They, they, they are big enough. They're old enough. 16, 17. They're old enough to make a lot of decisions. They're old enough to really do some challenging things. They should be doing things in the real world. They should be starting businesses. They should be working jobs. They should be, I don't know, traveling, whatever they want to do, uh, independent learning. We should be giving them some real challenges and encouraging them. And, you know, helping them, coaching them, but don't treat them like children anymore. They're not children anymore. But what do we do instead? What do these teenagers have to do? We still treat them like little kids. We lock them in a school and force them to listen to all this crap, this garbage. They know it's garbage. They know it's nonsense, all the high school stuff, sitting in these boring classes and taking notes. They're not allowed to do anything in the real world. Nobody lets them do anything. They know they can. They know they're ready to do some more serious challenges. They're ready for more responsibility, but nobody will let them do anything. So they're bored, bored, bored. At least I remember this. This was the number one thing I remember about being a teenager was how bored I was. And so I would sometimes do things bad, not too bad. I was a pretty good kid, but I would sometimes do kind of a little bit na bad or naughty or difficult things just because I was so bored. 
And I think a lot of these kids, they get into drugs and alcohol and stuff. A lot of it's because they have nothing else to do. They, they should be doing... If Again, look at history. <laughs> um, John Taylor Gatto wrote about this. Okay, you look back 150 years ago. What were 15-year-olds doing? They were adults. They, were, they, were, had their, they started their own farms. They had their own businesses. They were officers on Navy ships at age 15, at sometimes at age 14, commanding men in battle. Okay, they were doing real world stuff. Okay, they were not just stuck in a high school watching movies and listening to crappy pop songs. Okay, they were in the real world doing real things, really challenging themselves. Okay, they were treated as adults at that point. Not so long ago, 150 years ago, let's say. They grew up much faster. And so they didn't act like teenagers. They didn't have the same teenager problems then because they didn't, they were just adults. They just treated them like adults. They said, You're ready. They were young adults, but they were still adults. So they let, they gave them responsibility. They pushed them out into the real world and they, they didn't act like idiots. (laughs) Okay. But when you lock them like in a prison in a high school, you don't let them do anything. You don't let them start a business or do real work or travel the world or do anything at all. And you lock them in these boring schools with these boring classes. Yes, they're bored. And then they act like idiots. That's when they just listen to crappy, bad music and drink and do other stupid stuff. Okay. Because they got nothing else to do. So that's my opinion about it, is that this teenager problem is unnatural, in fact. It's not really a problem with the kids. The problem is that they're bored out of their minds, (laughs) okay? I can't blame them. I can't blame them. All right, time to go. I got to go deal with some younger ones, some little babies. Let's see, tomorrow, what's today? What is today, Saturday? Yeah, today's Saturday. All right, tomorrow's movie club then. So tomorrow we'll be back with The Matrix on Twitch. Live on Twitch, we'll be doing the next part of The Matrix. ah, We're getting into some cool action scenes. I'll show maybe a couple parts of it just because it's cool. Talk about the action scenes, but mostly we'll be focusing on the talking as usual. Continuing with The Matrix tomorrow. Until then, lots of love to you. Commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Commit, don't quit at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Bye for now.